Hey lovely people, and welcome back to the second season of The Fourth Wall. We have got a fantastic show for you today. Later on, I'm going to be chatting to the amazing Joy Anna Gooch, who is starting off on her journey into the arts and theatre world and is currently studying Saturday classes at Guildhall. As we always do, we're going to kick off our show with our discussion point. Don't forget that you can get involved in this by following us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram and letting us know your thoughts. So carrying on from the last few weeks focusing on the real stories of some of our much-loved Disney princesses, this week I thought we would focus on The Little Mermaid. Now before you shoot me down, obviously The Little Mermaid is not based on a real story, but being a lover of both Disney and Hans Christian Andersen, I thought it would be quite interesting to compare the two stories because there is quite a vast contrast between the two. So just how different is Disney's animated adaptation to Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale? The answer is very, very different. Now I will warn you, the end of this uh, contains spoilers for both versions, the ending of both versions of the story. So if you haven't seen or read either of them and you don't want to know the ending, um, I would advise you to maybe skip the ending part. I will let you know when it is the ending so you can skip the ending but it is a really interesting story so we're going to start off with the family so in Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale the little mermaid's family plays a very important role and quite a substantially larger role in comparison to Disney's animated adaptation one of the major character differences would be that of the little mermaid's grandmother who partially acts as a catalyst for the little mermaid's desire to explore the world above the sea Another difference in family is the king of the sea has six daughters, whereas in Disney's version, he has seven. Also, in Hans Christian Andersen's version, the Little Mermaid's sisters encourage her to find the prince, whereas in Disney's version, King Triton is very notably angry and distraught at the idea of Ariel having any human interaction. So, to avoid any confusion... I'm going to refer to Hans Christian Andersen's character as the Little Mermaid and Disney's character as Ariel. So in Hans Christian Andersen's story, the Little Mermaid didn't have a name and neither did any of the characters. So there are quite a few notably different characteristics between the Little Mermaid and Ariel. The first being her age. So in Disney, we're aware that Ariel is 16 years old. However, in Hans' fairy tale... The Little Mermaid is first introduced to us at nine years old. So we learn from the Little Mermaid's grandmother that mermen can live up to 300 years of age, yet the king's daughters each have to wait until their 15th birthday before they're allowed to visit the surface of the sea. As there is a one-year age margin between each daughter, this means the Little Mermaid has five more years to wait until she will be allowed to see the surface. Speaking of which, it's interesting to note that in Hans Christian Andersen's tale, 
The little mermaid is obedient and waits for her 15th birthday before swimming to the surface, despite her longing to see the world above her. Whereas Ariel portrays quite a disobedient princess who travels to the surface despite King Triton telling her not to. Another interesting characteristic in The Little Mermaid is that her sisters were known for collecting strange items they found from wrecked ships. However, The Little Mermaid was only interested in a beautiful marble statue of a handsome boy carved out of clear white stone. That's a quote from the book, um, from the fairy tale. If part of your world from Disney's movie taught us anything, it's that Ariel was quite the hoarder. So a little fun fact I discovered while reading The Little Mermaid is that she and the prince share the same birthday. Although never directly stated, all you have to do is connect the dots. The Little Mermaid travelled to the surface on her 15th birthday where she saw celebrations from the ship of the prince celebrating his birthday. Another differentiating characteristic between The Little Mermaid and Ariel is that in the fairy tale, The Little Mermaid is often described as silent and pensive however this would not make for a great film so you can kind of see why Disney changed this something which I found quite interesting while reading the fairy tale is that mermaids were described as having voices much nicer than any mortals and the little mermaid had the loveliest voice of all the mermaids so no pressure there <laughs> so the transformation from mermaid to mortal so something which I felt Disney lacked was the actual transformation process from mermaid to mortal. Um, it seems as though one moment Ariel was a mermaid and then the next shot she's waking up on a beach with legs. Now, I am in no way bashing Disney. I am a very, very big Disney nerd. People who know me will tell you that. Um, I'm just stating that I think a transformation scene would have been pretty cool visually um, and you know from an animator's perspective quite cool to see um, regardless Hans Christian Andersen went into quite a lot of detail for a fairy tale into the transformation of um, from mermaid to mortal so he begins with the sea witch explaining to the little mermaid how painful it will be to become mortal which is also interesting because in Disney's version Ursula was very much more interested in deceiving Ariel the sea witch explains that after she drinks the potion her tail will split and it will hurt as though there has been a sharp sword piercing her tail she proceeds to describe how every step she takes as a mortal will be like treading on a sharp knife so the blood will flow. Another interesting condition attached to her transformation is that if the prince fails to fall in love with the little mermaid, the first morning after he marries another person, the little mermaid's heart will break and she will die. After agreeing to these conditions, the witch begins to make the potion, which is described as quite a painful experience for the sea witch. She cut her breast and let the black blood chip into the kettle. That's another quote from the fairy tale. This is a very stark contrast from Disney's version, which sees a glowing light from Ariel's throat leave her body to take her voice away from her. The sea witch physically cuts out the little mermaid's tongue in Hans Christian Andersen's version. So meeting the prince. Just to once again remind us that 
real life does not meet expectations Disney has set for us. A major differentiating factor between Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale and the animated version is that the prince does not fall in love with the Little Mermaid. Yes, we were all eager for Prince Eric to lean over and kiss the girl in Disney's adaptation, but sadly, Hans Christian Andersen is there to set us straight once again in his fairy tale. Despite the Little Mermaid saving the prince's life, he is blissfully unaware of this fact. He actually thinks that a beautiful girl from the temple saved him from drowning, and he is expected to marry the daughter of a neighbouring king. The prince soon finds out that the king's daughter is in fact the beautiful girl from the temple, who ironically he says looks just like the Little Mermaid. It's also stated in the fairy tale that the prince loves the Little Mermaid as though she was a lovable child, pretty much in the friend zone let's say. So now we're coming on to the ending, so if you haven't read the story or for some reason you haven't seen the film and you don't want to know the ending, skip ahead a few seconds. Um, and skip this bit but I would encourage you not to. So the endings. The endings for both versions of The Little Mermaid are drastically different. In Disney's version Prince Eric realised that of course it's Ariel that he loves and the pair marry in the sunset on the boat with Ariel's sisters and King Triton present and they live happily ever after and we as viewers and lovers of Disney are satisfied. However, in Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, things are a little bit more bleak. The prince marries the king's daughter, the beautiful girl who the prince thinks saved his life, leaving the little mermaid to await her imminent death in the morning. Then, in a twisted turn of events, I know, her sisters arrive on the surface just before sunrise to help save their little sister. Their hair has been cut off in exchange for the Little Mermaid's life with the help of the Sea Witch. However, there is a catch. The Little Mermaid must take the knife given to her from the Sea Witch and plunge it into the Prince's heart before sunrise and the Little Mermaid will become a mermaid again. To sum up, either the Prince or the Little Mermaid must die. The Little Mermaid sees how happy the prince is with his new bride and throws the knife into the sea. She then dies and becomes foam on the sea and this is what happens to mermen when they die. They have no immortal soul so they just stop existing. They simply become foam on the surface of the water. She is then with the daughters of the air who tell her a mermaid has no immortal soul and can never have one unless she wins the love of a mortal which unfortunately for her, she failed to do. The daughters of the sea have no immortal souls either, but by their good deeds, they can create one for themselves. And because the little mermaid was so selfless as to kill herself instead of the prince, she wins herself an immortal soul. So needless to say, Hans Christian Andersen and Walt Disney both portray two very different tales of the little mermaid. However, there's no denying that they are both equally as thrilling, exciting and lovable. I really would encourage you to, if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie, but why wouldn't you? But if you haven't read Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, I really would encourage you to read that and his others. It's, yeah, they're quite different to the stories that we think we know and, and really interesting. 
So it's time for a game. Um, we're going to stick with our new game for this season. So I'm going to give you a list of five people. And all you have to do is tell me the character that links them all. So our five people this week are Christina Ritchie, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Chloe Grace Moretz, Krista Rodriguez and Cindy Henderson. I'll say them again. That's Christina Ritchie, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Chloe Grace Moretz, Krista Rodriguez and Cindy Henderson. Stay tuned later in the podcast to hear the answers and let us know if you got it right. We're going to be playing it over on our social media as well. So go and get involved and have a guess. So now I would love to welcome on to the show, Joyanna Gooch. Welcome, welcome Joyce to the fourth wall. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Nice to have you here. So we're going to start with um, a word association game. So I'm just going to give you a word and you just give me whatever word pops into your head for that. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, really simple, really nice, simple words. Really easy. Um, color. Rainbows. Mm, animal. Dog. Interestingly. Don't know why. <laughs> Musical. The waitress, actually, weirdly. Nice. Camera. Camera. Um, YouTube. <laughs> Inspiration. Ooh. Um, people. Music. Um, Hamilton. <laughs> Lyrics. Um, the film Music and Lyric. <laughs> that is a good movie. <laughs> Happiness. Um, Happiness. That's so interesting because I think there's so many things that go with happiness. I can't pick one. I can't even, there's nothing that even comes to my head. Um, smile, I guess. Nice. Nice. Anger. <laughs> um, anger. Anger. Mm. Destruction. Mm. Confusion. Confusion. Shakespeare. <laughs> Just because at the moment I'm doing Shakespeare, so a lot of the time I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, optimism. Optimism. Uh, glass half full. <laughs> Classic. Um, I'd say retro, probably things that come from 50s and 60s, that kind of stuff. Maybe Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, relaxing. <laughs> reading just like in sun <laughs> fear oh um yeah i'd probably say covid actually because the last year has been like that people have been scared and so i'd probably associate that with that yeah and uh, the last one you what me <laughs> or you, you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Gosh, that's a hard one. Um, weirdo, probably. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there. <laughs> um, cool. So, um, start us off. What's making you? I know we talked about happiness earlier, but what's what's making you happy at the moment? Um, what's making me happy? Um, 
writing and discovering things that are inspiring me I think because at the moment um, I'm doing a lot of research for college and different projects I'm doing so when I research stuff I always get super inspired by people and like their different journeys to where they are now and uh, like how they got there and things like that I think that's what's making me happy at the moment. (laughs) Nice so why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself introduce us to you and kind of your your kind of journey and relationship with with the arts industry okay um so my name is joyana um and i am at college at the moment i am 17 um and my relationship with the arts so basically i probably it probably started when i was like three because my mum enrolled me in ballet classes so i was doing that for a very very long time until well very very long time i'm only 17 but like like a lot of my life (laughs) um until i was probably i think it was 13 or 14 where i stopped ballet um i was doing it quite pre-professional like i was doing it in a pre-professional school in london uh, at dance works so some people might know that um and i was part of diba d-i-b-a um dance works international ballet academy um and i was doing that for a really long time i was really passionate about it and i wanted to pursue it as a career um but then i in the end i decided i had like feet problems and alignment problems and i also started to lose the passion so i thought well it's better if i switch to something else because as people know if you're not super 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 passionate about it you're not going to make it in something as difficult as ballet um so um last year i kind of got inspired to start acting um and i think i've always liked to do it i've always wanted to be on camera um i have a youtube channel so like it's always been this kind of thing i like to do um and yeah and then i was looking around for places to go for a saturday school and also at college i do performing arts um and then i auditioned for guildhall a little while ago and i got in for their junior saturday classes um which i'm really loving at the moment um and yeah so that's basically me (laughs) i love all things hamilton and um all the different musical theaterish things and yeah (laughs) yeah nice so for you as a as a student um what was life like kind of pre-pandemic and then going into into pandemic like how did things change for you um do you mean like school-wise like school-wise everything kind of yeah um yeah well I was homeschooled before the pandemic so because of my ballet so um I'd say that was not really any different because I was just staying at home doing the same thing um but what did obviously affect it was my GCSEs I did not do my GCSEs um and I just got predicted grades luckily because I was at an online school I managed to get predicted grades because otherwise I would have been in the dark probably having to repeat year 11 mm-hmm. um and so that was fine um it was a bit worrying obviously because of um covid but couldn't set, sit my exams of finding out what was going to happen um and then afterwards like seeing as we're starting to come out of it now um finally going back to college every day like uh, normal people do <laughs> um and just enjoying life there really yeah it's quite different it's been quite different each side of covid i think because before being homeschooled and being in a college of 2500 people is a very different like it's a very big switch <laughs> yeah so did you start you started college during during the pandemic yeah. Yeah. yeah so i started in september and it was kind of we were kind of out of lockdown and then we went back in <laughs> yeah so what was the hardest thing about kind of I guess going into going out of homeschooling into college and then going into into lockdown 
so essentially going um, back into home learning as a sense. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly, yeah, it was exactly like that. The hardest thing was probably, I mean, I could say more about the easiest things because it was kind of nice to go back into that for a little while and then kind of we were doing alternate days. So we were going in and then doing online one day, mm. um, which was nice actually because I could kind of get myself used to it again. Um, but the hardest thing I'd say was probably just like mentally pr- preparing myself to be with other people and then like not being with other people at all <laughs> was probably the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was that? What was it like um, auditioning during the pandemic for, for Guildhall? Um, weird. <laughs> Very completely nerve wracking because I hadn't really done anything really drama related apart from like the Great Greatathon um, and like things like that. Um, but yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking. And obviously I didn't really have support from like tutors or anything to like prepare myself. So I just kind of did it on my own. I was just free whatever free winging it (laughs) that's the word but um so yeah it was nerve-wracking but really fun (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah so so for those who don't know me and joy met on um the great creatorthon which i have talked about on the the podcast before um which was a hybrid production filmed across three um three countries so uh to know more go and listen back to one of my first podcasts on my first season um so what was what was your experience that of um the great I've, i've kind of said talks about my experience with the great creatorthon from from your perspective what was that like kind of doing you know a lot of it was online a lot of zoom auditions a lot of zoom rehearsals kind of what, what was yeah, that experience like for you? I loved it <laughs> it was really good it was like my first little taste of doing things like that um and like using scripts and that um it was just really good like I, I think it was weird though because it was online and so my first thing of drama was kind of like online which is completely different to most people's experience um so yes strange Hmm. but very interesting and really it's really good that we have something like zoom to use because like otherwise we wouldn't have been able to contact any of those people we wouldn't have been able to work with them Um, and really nice to meet so many different people from all over the world um and hopefully we can actually meet in person one day (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah so um going on to kind of um theater and stuff how what's your what's your kind of perspective on how theatre has changed over the pandemic in terms of what's been on offer um what's come out of it good bad what's what's been your kind of take on it mm-hmm. um i don't know i think it's been i think before it was probably like thriving and stuff and then obviously so i've talked to i like i've had webinars and stuff with different actors and them talking about how they've just kind of obviously not done anything and so it's obviously been scary for them because like financially wise but um also just being able to find new creativity in different things so I hope that like when stuff opens up people will be maybe a bit different and more like more I don't know open-minded about other people's ideas because obviously these like creativity has been brooding for, like for a year so I don't know hopefully it will just be better when we go back <laughs> but um I don't know I also I remember um I think it was like October or something I, I was do, I was part of a webinar with Michelle Dockery who was in Downton Abbey as um Mary Crawley um and she was just talking about how she's she's also found it just nice to kind of relax and be able to be more creative and do things that you don't have usually time to do so I hope that when stuff comes back people will just be more inspired but we'll have to see (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think I think one of the things that I have definitely um 
<clears throat> talked about is the fact that um you know we've got this new hybrid theater this new live theater of things being streamed and offered online and i think that that needs to stay um not only because obviously theaters won't, won't be at capacity but i think it's really open doors for people who normally couldn't afford to go to the theater um i think for me there was i saw loads more and i was like actually i can sit with my family and spend 25 pounds on a ticket rather than spending 25 pounds each yeah. and that makes it a lot more affordable and i can still enjoy performances mm. and stuff of of performers have you um have you been able to um engage with any of that is there anything that you watched that you particularly enjoyed oh um now i remember actually because um this time last year um there was andrew lloyd webber's all of his um stuff on youtube and that was so good that really really inspired me um there was like cats there was jesus christ superstar at like tons phantom of the opera i think even was one um and just watching that i think it was once a week or something and watching one every week it was really 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 inspiring um and a lot of stories that i hadn't watched before so i think that actually was really yeah. good because that introduced me to things and I could now I know the story of them so you know that's that would not happen otherwise so I think that was really really good yeah absolutely I was the same I was there was a lot of things that I was that came up on that and I was like either you've watched it years ago or you hadn't watched it at all and I was like oh there's nothing else to do I'll just watch a show like whether I like it and you kind of go oh I've never I've never realized this before I've never known this story before so yeah I think I think it was great to to be able to to have that and you like you say like the free things like having that available on youtube people who might probably have never seen yeah. those shows before so in in kind of personal life and kind of school life i guess what kind of who who are your main inspirations in life and kind of what inspired you to get into i guess ballet first and then moving on to to theater and stuff um, so ballet, um, I'd say at the beginning, my, I guess my mum inspired me because she made me go. <laughs> um, and I think I just enjoyed it. And I, and, you know, my friends were there as well. So it was, it was nice. Um, and then later, I think there's people like Misty Copeland and, um, Michaela de Prince who are like Darcy Bustle, of course, that's a classic, um, who all, I don't know, I just looked up to them. And there was people who also came to dance with us, like professionals, mm -hmm. uh, like, um, who, at Danceworks who would do it with us and that was really inspiring like um I think I was I, I didn't meet him but Stephen McRae came once who is like the um principal of Royal Ballet um and yeah I don't know it was just really fun um and then now so many people inspire me I can't choose one <laughs> um people who go to Guildhall I guess I've like the alumni and everything definitely um there's like Orlando Bloom, um, Michelle Dockery also went to Guildhall and, and I just, I love that because it feels, it makes you feel closer to them because in, in some way, um, but also like people who do music, I guess, like Lin-Manuel Miranda definitely inspires me because I think he's just really like so brave to come up to be, and so genius to come up with certain, so much stuff and then also have like the, um, the bravery, I guess, to just like show everyone his stuff and like how big and how successful it was and yeah I mean I could there's so many people who inspire me I can't tell you <laughs> yeah no I, I agree I think I think you know we as people especially now we we evolve so much you know year to year day to day I think you can't your inspirations never stay the same like you know you'll always have the ones who kind of you go yeah they're the ones who stick in my mind and I'm always inspired by them but I think you constantly every you know you get new new people cropping up in the industry, new people cropping up in your life, you know, personally. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. And I think I, I agree what you said about um, 
feeling a bit closer to people like who have gone to the same place as you yeah exactly when i studied yeah. i studied at middlesex and i remember going to view it and seeing people like they had the like the the people up on the wall who were like um our masters or something and i can't remember who was on mine but there's a few and you like you do feel you feel like oh my gosh actually it's not this this career doesn't seem so unachievable like yeah. You know, for me, yeah, I you know, I have I've come away from from theatre a bit and and doing teaching, but actually at the same time, it's like, well, actually, that that's not unachievable because they went to the same school as me and they did the same course as me. They must go somewhere. And I know, I know, you know, people go. It's a difference of you know, experience and expertise. And you go, yeah, well, you know, you have to have something, but actually, they're not go. You know, they're not all going to this one elite theatre yeah, school exactly. that no yeah, one's yeah. getting into and. Yeah. And yeah. I can't remember who it was, but someone was talking to me the other day about how everyone has different journeys to where they go. Like, um, you know, people often like people when they when someone inspires them, they kind of look up how they did it and then they try and recreate exactly what they did, which obviously it might work. But other times it's often just about your personal journey and like how you get to places and just doing things that make you happy instead of you know just doing things because someone else did it <laughs> yeah absolutely and I was do you know what George struck me the other day I was going through I was sorting through all my um programs that I've that I have from theatre shows and I was going through like, all my old ones and I was looking at people's I love reading the biographies of of all the performers yeah. and it's funny in that the the more the the newer the programs got there were more and more people that actually you know they had very very few you know there was people that like hadn't trained at theater schools or hadn't trained at all at the, you know at you know hadn't had tr any training and then suddenly got this passion for it and either had gone to sas day classes or you know like workshop classes or something on you know there wasn't a whole load of i've been to this really elite yeah, exactly, theater yeah. school and everyone and I, I remember looking back on the old ones and it's like everyone came from a set there was a select few theatre schools that people came from and there was no you know there wasn't really any others they probably were but they just went on on the programs but yeah I think I was like actually you know doors are opening um for for people with different experiences. I think more now even than how you were saying before like uh, definitely there's so many different routes now and to, like people if you know different people have connections you know it's not always just about being at the best school is it <laughs> no exactly exactly um so yeah talking about doors opening so it's one thing that we've we've talked about quite a lot on um the podcast and something that's quite close to my heart and I know that close to other people so la a few weeks ago we had on Laura Baldwin who um co-founded the platform and I was super inspired by that and and that has stuck with me for the last two three weeks and um just this fact that you know there was this place for people of any shape any size any color any you know doesn't matter who they are um kind of what what's your I don't want to say experience of it but what's your take on kind of how inclusive theater is in terms of um like shape size color everything I feel like before because I've been recently for my college stuff I've been uh, researching the history of jazz um, mm -hmm. and so it's a little bit different because it's not always just theatre but um, it definitely intertwines and like um, at the beginning like I started 1920s it's obviously so um, you know segregated and stuff being yeah. white people and you know that kind of stuff um, and I think as I've gone through the years you can really see the difference that it's met like that we've made and how um often very inspirational people who for example musicians or dancers who, who've actually stood up to um like the whole inequality of you know gender whatever um it's just really inspiring to see and I think it's definitely definitely getting better and like 
I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I yeah. think you can definitely see how things are getting better um, and more inclusive of everyone. Um, yeah, I think, and also I was, um, I think, I can't quite remember her surname. Um, the One of the most recent um, Christine Dyes in Phantom of the Opera in the West End. Oh, um, yes. Kelly Matheson, I think she's called. Yes. Um, she, I was, I did a webinar with her over lockdown and she was talking about how there was one of the girls there that had like a hearing difficulty and she was asking, do you think theatre is becoming more inclusive of people who have difficulties and things? Um, and she was just saying, yeah, definitely. Like, I think casting directors are looking at talent. They're looking at how much work you're going to be, um, willing to put in instead of things that are, you know, just making you you if that makes sense yeah and I think I think this year has done so well for that like there's been so many opportunities like it's funny I was thinking on this the other day and I was like look thinking back on all the all the things that have been available um like all the live streams and stuff and I was like actually it hasn't been very many like what we would call big names in the industry like yeah there have been people who have been involved who are you know who are great western performers but actually it was there was a load of performers that I have never had never heard of before or never seen yeah. perform before i remember when i watched um disenchanted a, a few months ago and that was amazing and there were performers in there that i was like i have never why have i never experienced this performer before like <laughs> ali ali daniels she i i keep coming back to her she is truly inspirational she's a trans performer and mm -hmm. she is just i mean you i mean you know unless unless you know i didn't know that for the first few times i watched her and you know why should i but yeah. I was so inspired and I was like, oh my gosh. And there's there's loads of other trans performers, gay performers, you know, people who I just have never experienced before. And I was like, this this pandemic has really opened up the opportunity because people wanted theatre. Yeah. And those were the people that were willing to give it were, you know, I guess what people would call the misfits, quote unquote. But and I hate that word, but you know, I think I think people it is it's people who you would you would look at and go, you wouldn't necessarily put them in the role they were playing but they were amazing at it and yeah. it was oh uh, it was just yeah I was just I was so blown away I was I was yeah I was thinking over the last couple of years the last year I guess and I just thought actually I I now know so many more performers than I knew before and that's I mean that's no fault of I guess that's that you know that's just the way it has been that they haven't propped up on, on what I've seen but I'm you know they're, they're people that I'm like I'm gonna follow you now and go and see you when you're in a live show and and whatever yeah, so I think yeah I think Disenchanted you said it was called Disenchanted yeah it was amazing it was a I think they did it for a, a Friday to a Sunday and it was okay. um yeah I had um I talked to last week I had Aisha Jawando on who was in it um and it was like basically like the Disney princesses but not the stories not as you know them so like the kind of cracked storyline um yeah. like it could have been like the real story of of who they are it was amazing and they were so funny and they were such a such a powerful bunch of women doing it um and yeah Shanae Holmes who directed it she she produced it and stuff she um she's producing lots of lots of other things now so I'm excited to see what what she's what she's gonna get up to but it's yeah I just I was blown away and I thought actually you know even if it just brought to mind one new performer for me I would have been happy but to have this whole bunch of of people that I now follow and I can now go, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to you and you know, you never know. Hopefully one day they'll come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's so cool. I love like kind of discovering people who haven't they don't have like tons of masses of fame. They just they just love what they do and they they're happy with that, their content and they just want to, you know, that's what they love doing. And so they chase yeah. other opportunities. But I love following those people because you can see how they grow and like 
it's kind of often it's a bit like niche because they'll do something that you really like that they do and then they kind of expand and it's really nice to see that as well yeah and I think it's kind of like what you said before like when you said about um you moving away from ballet like why pursue something you're not passionate about like at the end of the day the people who are doing these things they are that you can see the passion in them and it's like why are they not being given these opportunities but yeah I really I really hope for the future that that casting directors are looking at and I hate uh, I I don't know what to call it because I don't like the term blind casting because I don't think anything should be blind casted um but I don't uh, yeah I just think it should be a thing of you know do you know if, if there is a certain role that need that is there is a particular person it it states in the script or whatever then fine but if not i'm like i don't see why you shouldn't be looking at and you know you might go for it and get a no but at least you've been offered a chance to go for something so yeah um so going back to you is there anything you have done or taken up this year that you wouldn't necessarily normally have had the the time to do or anything that you've taken up that you thought i would never do this and i've i've done it now and i love it (laughs) Um, probably yes. Um, definitely with my piano because I've done it for a long time piano, but it, I've just never been like you know scales of hedges or all that, and I, d- I haven't really been that passionate about it. But then definitely with lockdown, um, I bought like a musical theatre um book where it's kind of quite easy notes, and I just played through that all the time. <laughs> um, and then I bought another one and like bought different books, Phantom of the Opera music, um, nice. Greatest Showman music, whatever. Um, and then yeah, just that definitely has got so much better. I'm so much more passionate about it now than I was before lockdown even this time last year I was I'm more passionate about it now which is really really nice Mm -hmm. um and then anything that's unusual um I did um needle felting which is a really random thing but it's actually really really fun (laughs) um on the times when you don't poke yourself with the needle of course (laughs) but that was really really fun I made like a little panda or a little koala and a jaguar and it was just really fun a random thing but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's so cool I've always I, do you know, I've always been fascinated by by felting I think it's yeah, just it's so... really weird it just makes yeah. Noise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool um awesome so as we as we finish up what's kind of one thing we like to we're gonna this season we're kind of talking on focusing on kind of self-care kind of things so what's some things that you do for yourself um for, for self-care for yourself um Hmm. I probably need to make more time to do that but I would say um like giving myself time to um actually just hang out with my best friend because often I think oh my gosh I need to do this and that and this and that and then I think well no in the end it's more important for me to just relax and and like spend time with a friend instead of just constantly thinking of all the work I've got to complete instead um and also probably reading because I don't do it enough and I know that when I do it it really benefits me (laughs) Um, and it just makes general life like so much more fun for me when I read because you know I can I I don't know I don't know if it makes sense but when I when I my head is filled with inspiring words I then look around and I go oh like I don't know I just feel more inspired by everything (laughs) so I'd say reading probably yeah yeah I get that I get that I I'm I'm like you I love I love reading and when I was younger when you know when you when I was younger when you when you kind of are not bogged down with a load of work and your life is so like easy and you haven't got much to do I was reading like you know 
two books or uh, a, a day or whatever and so and I think now and I'm like oh, I wish I had more time to read and I read a I read a really good book the other day the other week um it was a couple, I started it in the half term I think it was and it was oh, it was it was so good I got through it in two days <laughs> and then I was like and I'm quite I'm I'm, I'm quite a fast reader but I was like well that was fast maybe I've missed reading quite a lot um and then I was like right I'm gonna start a new one put it in my bag did I start reading it? No, I did not because I got bogged down with work and it's still sitting on my on my desk like waiting. But yeah, I'm like you. I like I I think reading is one thing that I know I love. I'm like why why am I not? Why would I not? Why would I deny myself <laughs> the the privilege of reading a book? <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to make more time for reading. But no, I I definitely agree. 100% yeah because I think yeah. a lot of people kind of would go oh I'll take a bath or paint my nails which is some is obviously great as well but I think something like reading just actually making creating time for yourself to actually do stuff yeah you know, yeah I can't I can't do I I you know I really I really envy people who can just sit in a bath and just be I cannot just sit there and like I you know I can't I can't even sit in a bath and read like I find it so unnerving like there's something so unrelaxing to me about a bath I would rather have my shower and then be in bed reading <laughs> I'm like, I do not want to sit in a bath and be there for an hour like my mum my mum loves a bath and we, she doesn't have one very often but the other day she had one and she was in there for a good hour and I was like you're mad I was like I can't do that <laughs> so ill with the hot water yeah. like yeah. I I'm feeling so bad yeah I was just like no thank you so yeah no I think I think that's something that you and I can will both both be yeah. doing a bit more reading yeah. I think that's, that's something that we can both do oh well thank you so so much for coming and chatting to me it's been lovely to chat so thank you once again Joy Anna for coming to chat to me and she will be tagged on our social media guys so go and give her a follow and yeah we can't wait to see what she gets up to um now on our podcast as you know we love to celebrate everything arts related so our song for this week as we have a song for each week um it's a song that i've recently discovered i've recently discovered this musical it popped up on my spotify um you know the things that are recommended for you and this song has been stuck in my head for the last week and a half and I love it. And the musical, I mean, the, the song, I haven't, I haven't seen this musical. Um, I didn't know it existed, but I mean, the songs are fantastic. So I would recommend you to go and listen to it. Um, so this is Walk Into The Fire from In The Willows. inside heal my scars and wounded pride always go to ground but seven schools in seven years rumors ringing in my ears tired of running from my
something calls Ignore the whispers that you're gonna fall Pull yourself out of your hole Searching for the flame Dig your claws into the Everybody is gone Got no brother to help in the fight Gotta do this on my own So as I said, that was Walk Into The Fire from In The Willows. So yeah, go give it a listen. I think it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify. I'm not sure what else it's on, but yeah, go and give it a listen. So as we finish up, here's the answer to our game earlier. So to recap, the five people were Christina Ritchie, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Chloe Grace Moretz, Krista Rodriguez and Cindy Henderson. Did you guess it? The character that links them all is Wednesday Adams. Did you get it right? Let us know or go and play along over on our social media pages. So thank you so much for listening in this week and a big thanks again to Joanna for coming along and chatting to me. Uh, Please do check out some of our other episodes. They are available wherever you stream your podcasts and do go and give us a follow over on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you tune in next week and keep up to date with our social media pages to find out who we are chatting to next week. I promise you it's going to be an exciting one. So until then, see you next week. Remember to stay safe, stay stagey, and most importantly, stay you. Take care of yourselves, guys. See you next week. Mm